Hello, ladies and gents. This is your gracious host, 2A Leo. This is the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to appreciate y'all listening today on this podcast. Today, we're going to go into some different things, kind of, kind of go into uh, basically the NRAM, the National Rifle Association annual meeting that occurred this past weekend. It fell in during the part of the podcast where we only record every other week. So it fell in between this past podcast that we did and this podcast. This past podcast, we went into good detail about some things that are going on in the NRA. This podcast, we're going to talk about kind of NRAM, what happened, and more importantly, what I think we should do in the future. Uh, Also in this podcast, we're going to go into some pretty cool things, uh, some cool... some cool gear review, uh, something that I think that's uh, pretty damn cool. Also, in uh, the culture segment, we're going to go over a movie and a book. Look at us getting all fucking sophisticated. Uh, it's going to be pretty fucking cool. Uh, I think you might enjoy it. If you do read, I think you should read this book. It's pretty fucking jam-packed full of good gun shit. Uh, and also, uh, if you took over, take a look on us, uh, our social media. Uh, take a look on Facebook, on Instagram. On Facebook, uh, we're actually up to 83 likes on the page, which is pretty damn cool considering it's not even been up for a couple months. Uh, this past week, like one fucking post, one little mini viral reached over like 20,000 people. Uh, and we're going to do a little swag giveaway. Uh, go take a look at our Facebook page. You'll see what we're giving away. We're giving away a, a hat, some stickers, some patches, uh, some pins, and a little fucking sunglass cloth cleaner looking thing. Uh, some cool gun swag that I've picked up along the way doing different shit at uh, range days and things like that. Uh, but what we're going to do is if we get 100 likes and we get... Uh, I think I put 10 reviews on there. Yeah, 100 likes, 10 reviews. Uh, we're going to pick randomly uh, from people that like our page, and they're going to win some free shit. You're going to win a little swag pack. So go take a look on our Facebook page, share it, like posts, share posts, You know, have some pretty fucking hilarious memes, uh, give us a like, and we will, once we get that, we'll pick randomly from the people that like our page. So basically all you have to do to win is like our page, uh, but we will pick randomly from people that uh, like the page and you could win yourself a little swag pack and I think this is something I'm going to do every so often whenever we hit some milestones uh, social media podcasts download shit like that do some uh, giveaways and of course the the higher we get the bigger the shit that we give away uh, that we're going to give away I mean I already know I think what I'm planning on doing once we hit like either 250 300 somewhere around there uh, going to give away a cool mag loader uh, from you know don't know which one I'm going to pick uh, but I'm going to review it uh, send it out for free whoever you know likes our page and shit like that uh, once we get to the next number uh, but let's just baby steps fucking baby steps let's learn to crawl before we walk Go to our social media, Facebook, uh, like and follow us, share the page, you know, that way we can reach out to other people. Also, if you would please hit the subscribe button uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast, and more importantly, leave us a review. If you leave us a review, that's the best way we can find, uh, other people can find the podcast through the search bar whenever they're looking up uh, to a lifestyle, to a community, gun community, firearm, shooting, shit like that. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more we're able to reach out to other people. So wherever you're uh, listening to us, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, iTunes, uh, subscribe, like us, uh, and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. You know, of course, we're wanting to. I'm wanting to do this to to let people know. You know, hey, this is what's going on in the gun community. This is what I think about it. You know, especially after NRAM this past fucking weekend and talking to a lot of other people in the gun community, content creators, and social media and shit like that. 
a lot of people feel the same way I do is what we're going to go into today. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting and we're going to talk about it further in the podcast, but you know what? Let's fucking continue on to the podcast and get this bitch rolling. Well, if you've been paying attention at all to what's been going on to NRAM this past weekend, there's a lot of shit that came out of it. Uh, Going to go over some some trivial shit, uh, some shit that I think is stupid, some shit that I think the NRA is is kind of fucking virtue signaling and, and politicians are virtual signaling at the NRAM uh, to kind of make themselves look good, which obviously that's basically all this fucking NRAM was, was to make these fucking, you know, Dumb shits in power make themselves look good and look, make us, you know, make them look good to the gun owners out there in the country. But uh, you know, first thing, uh, the NRA is moving their championships from Camp Perry, Ohio, to Camp Atterbury, Indiana, and they had signed a lease with uh, the Indiana uh, National Guard and the state of Indiana uh, to have their their championships move there. Now, uh, of course, it's going to cost a lot of fucking money because the NRA signed a lease saying they're going to hold this there every so often. And for people that don't know, Camp Perry, Ohio, is one of the two civilian marksmanship program ranges that the government themselves, the federal government, has actually built uh, for shooters, and we have one here in Alabama, uh, in Talladega. It's a fucking amazing facility. They redid some shit a couple years back. It is an awesome, amazing facility. Uh, Camp Perry, Ohio, is the other one. That's where the NRA had a lot of their competitions, and also the Civilian Marksmanship Program has a lot of their competitions there as well. And the NRA and the Civilian Marksmanship Program kind of did some of their shit concurrently together, kind of. In my mind, it would save some money. You know, you already have a lot of people there for one competition. Why not have the other there about the same time so that way people can compete at both? Helps, you know, people save money on, on competitions that do that kind of stuff uh, and shit like that. But yeah, that's uh, one thing that happened there. Uh, people that don't know, NRA has already did that around uh, in 2017. They moved their high powered uh, rifle competition from Camp Perry to Camp uh, Atterbury in Indiana. And uh, so that's one thing that they did. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just curious how much, you know, money the NRA is is already pissed away and doing shit like this. And also, not only in moving their competition there, they're talking about building another museum there, a military museum. Uh, and, you know, for those that don't know, the NRA does have already several museums out there. Uh, the one that most people think about is the Farms Museum that they have at NRA headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia. They also have another one in New Mexico that they partner with Brownells, and also they have another one in Missouri that they partner with Bass Pro. Uh, but it's just more money that the NRA is pissing away when they're already $30 million in the hole in uh, moving the competition from Camp Perry to Camp Atterbury and uh, then promising to build a museum there. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to let you know, I'm a humongous fucking history nerd, so I am, I'm a firm believer in preserving history and shit, but... How much, you know, when your house is not in order, how much fucking money are you going to spend to build this kind of shit? Uh, it's just a little perplexing to me. And then, of course, at the NRAM this past weekend, you had old fucking Donald Trump there, and he stated that he was going to withdraw the United States signature from the UN Arms Treaty, uh, which was absolute fucking political grandstanding. It was fucking political grandstanding when Obama said he was going to get into it, and it's grandstanding that Trump said he's going to get us out of it. Because when Obama signed into it, you know, for those that don't know the political system all too well, for the United States to get into a treaty, uh, of course, you have. 
ambassadors or politicians like the president go to wherever these fucking you know treaties are being done, and then they and they uh, go and, and you know say hey we're gonna fucking join this shit, but guess what? It doesn't matter because the Senate has to approve it. And the Senate, when Obama signed us into it, never approved that we were going to, you know, they never voted on it. They never said we were going to join the UN's arms treaty. So, yeah, you know, the United States signature was on the arms treaty for the United Nations, but it never was going to go into effect because our government, the republic that we have, the Senate never approved it because the Senate is the only one that can approve treaties. Uh, so, he said that he was taking us out of it, you know, fucking political grandstanding. You know, he's just trying to gear himself up for the 2020 election next year and trying to get back on the good graces of gun owners, trying to make, you know, the, it seems like he was a big man at the NRA, of course, with uh, fucking Wayne LaPierre and all those bitches over there. Um, but it's it's just bullshit. He's virtue signaling, uh, trying to hopefully think that gun owners will forget that he said, hey, let's take our guns. We can do due process later. How he said, hey, let's take away the bump stocks without compensating anybody uh, in regards to taking away their property, which is against the Constitution. It's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. And, of course, at NRAM, anybody that kept up with anything will know that there was a whole lot of shit that went down at NRAM. Uh, you had the New Yorker time, uh, the New Yorker article uh, come out before NRAM that basically publicized uh, what was going on with the NRA and its financial troubles and how Ackerman and McQueen and Wayne LaPierre and all the other executives and hell, even Oliver North was getting paid you know, millions of dollars from Ackerman and McQueen and from the NRA and how the NRA is in humongous financial troubles and how that they could possibly lose their tax-exempt status. And if that's the case, that is pretty much the end of the NRA. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because you have this multi-million dollar organization that is a political arm for gun owners um, that is supposed to help protect our Second Amendment rights, supposed to, air quotes. And if they lose their tax exempt status, a lot of the money that they are not able, don't have to pay in taxes, you know, they're already in financial straits. You know, how the fuck can they pay these taxes all of a sudden that they got to pay? So uh, there was a New York Times article uh, that came out after the NRA dispute, but uh, just kind of briefly go over it. Oliver North uh, let, gave a letter to uh, Wayne LaPierre, and, and, the, and it was supposedly from you know certain board of directors members. And basically, they were stating that Wayne LaPierre needs to step down, that they know a lot of shady shit that Wayne LaPierre has done uh, with the NRA and with NRA money more specifically, and that if Wayne LaPierre refused to step down, that he was going to be ousted and all his dirty secrets were going to come out in the open. Which... You know, when I first saw the letter come out, when I first saw the letter come out, I was a little shocked because after reading the New Yorker article, I was quite certain that Oliver North himself was kind of a shitbag. It made him seem like he was, you know, he's getting paid over a million dollars from Ackerman McQueen, which is the huge PR agency that the NRA and Wayne LaPierre has dug themselves in with uh, that's taking a shit ton of money from the NRA and from its members and from its dues. Uh, so I was kind of kind of shocked and honestly uh, from somebody that is not as ingrained as somebody that is in the board of directors obviously or that works at the NRA, 
Uh, I was a little wondering what the fuck's going on. So who's who's the bad guy? Who should we be fucking backing? It you know it reminds me of fucking the movie Valkyries on Netflix right now, and uh, when fucking Tom Cruise's character and then the you know Hitler are giving out orders uh, to the you know the armies of, of Germany, you know the fucking dude in. Uh, the communique, he was like, who should we be fucking sending orders to? You know, whose orders should we send? Whose orders should we not send? Uh, you know, I'm just kind of feeling like the guy in the communication room, like, uh, who's the fucking bad guy? Who's Who should we be trusting? Who should we not be trusting? Because uh, after uh, reading the New Yorker article, it made me feel that Oliver North also, too, uh, was kind of just getting his pockets lined with Ackerman McQueen money. Um, and then, of course, Wayne LaPierre released his own statement, and uh, you know he really got ahead of it. I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, from my understanding, from a lot of people that was at NRAM, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, they stated that you know Oliver North was was trying to somewhat lead a coup to, to oust Wayne LaPierre, and there were certain board of directors members that were behind him. But then, when it came to the last minute, uh, nobody was supporting Oliver North, and uh, because apparently the 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 ousting of Wayne LaPierre didn't work, so they didn't back Oliver North like they said they were going to, and so uh, it just kind of fell apart. And Oliver North, as you know, announced that he was not going to run again for president of the NRA, uh, and now we have this fucking woman. I've never heard of her before, uh, but basically she is a Wayne LaPierre lackey. So Wayne LaPierre, again, has control of the executive and from the board of directors because his lackey is now the president. Uh, so that's the situation that came out of NRAM. Uh, you know, you, of course, you had the board of directors going to executive session. Uh, they tried to oust, you know, tried to silence a lot of the opposition people that were there. Uh, Adam Crowd, of course, being the particular, you know, the the spectacular. Uh, particular patriot that he is, uh, you know, he, he tried to to pull their little bit of their feet to the fire uh, during the members meeting. Um, but of course, the left noticed this, and the left pounced on this and there was so many motherfucking articles that when I was reading through after NRAM trying to catch up on some of the news and everything that was going on there I just saw a ton of fucking articles uh, written by of course liberals and anti-gunners and gun control advocates that uh, thought this was this is the the end of the NRA and and what real power are they going to have next year in the 2020 elections because of course, the NRA gives money to politicians that are pro-gun, try to get them elected over people that are anti-gun to help, uh, it, for the most part, protect our Second Amendment rights. Because if somebody gets money from the NRA, they're going to think, hey, we need to you know, support gun, uh, gun rights legislation because this is where we're getting our campaign dollars. And yes, it's a sleazy, fucking dirty part of politics. But unfortunately, people, that's how politics work. And if we don't have our fucking sleazeballs out there protecting our Second Amendment rights, then the gun control advocates are going to have their sleazeball fucking advocates and money out there uh, endorsing gun control politicians. And then they're going to chip away at our liberties and take away our firearms and our Second Amendment of our Constitution. But there was a particular New York Times article that I'm going to be getting a lot of stuff from uh, that just kind of shows, you know, with Wayne LaPierre and Ackerman McQueen and all these shit bags that are running the NRA, uh, what, what, I mean, outlook does that give towards the Second Amendment community? I mean, if all you know is <clears throat> the gun 
culture uh, is the Second Amendment is the NRA. You don't know about the Gun Owners of America, the Firearms Policy Coalition, the Firearms Policy Fo- uh, Foundation, the Second Amendment Foundation. If you don't know any of those other uh, organizations exist, all you think is the NRA. You're thinking, holy shit, you know, the gun community is falling apart. And basically, that's what uh, this article goes into. I mean, he describes the current situation uh, in the NRA, in the New York Times article. This is as, quote, the worst leadership crisis in decades. Um, And who's really, you know, that's true. I mean, because you've had Wayne LaPierre and all these fucking Akron McQueen, um, you know, lackeys being implanted in the NRA over the years. Uh, they're running the NRA, the day-to-day operations, and in doing that, they are basically stealing our money and uh, chipping, you know, help, not really protecting, chipping away at our Second Amendment rights because they're not taking the stands that they need to. Uh, it also goes into, uh, apparently, the New York Attorney General has opened an investigation into the NRA uh, about their tax exempt status. And uh, even though you might think, why does the New York Attorney General have the rights to this to investigate the NRA? It's because the NRA was chartered in New York. Uh, so even though its uh, headquarters are in Fairfax, Virginia, it's chartered in New York. So it's the New York Attorney General still has some jurisdiction over the NRA. Uh, the New York Attorney General also told all all the NRA, all of the fucking NRA, the NRA, RLA, you know, big NRA, uh, to preserve financial records and has issued subpoenas uh, to certain people in the NRA. Um, so that is very telling, uh, you know. And of course, we are not we we haven't been able to police our own in the NRA, and because of that. You have this New York Attorney General who is very anti-gun, very pro-gun control, would like to only see, of course, police and military. And even though I'm a law enforcement officer, I don't want police and military to be the only ones owning firearms. I want every lawful citizen to own a firearm. Uh, You know, it is the bedrock of American freedoms. Uh, So that's who we have investigating the NRA because we could not police our fucking own in the NRA, and you had Wayne LaPierre and the Akron McQueen, those greedy fucks, uh, just doing as they see fit in the NRA, you know, you now have this person policing the NRA, and that is going to be disastrous. I'm just saying it because it's going to be the fucking truth, you know, since the NRA members, uh, you know, and this is very, very telling because I read an article that uh, Alan West wrote. Uh, I think it was on Amaland. It said, you know, there was like two or three million ballots that were sent out for voting members to vote for the board of directors. And just a hundred, around approximately 150,000 were returned. And of that 150,000 that were returned, some of those didn't even count because of uh, fuck-ups and how those people voted or, you know, when they started looking at shit, they realized that person wasn't a voting member. And just so people understand, to vote for the board of directors, you had to be an NRA member for five contigu- contiguous years. So for five years straight, you have to be an NRA member to be able to vote for the board of directors. Now, that doesn't mean you have you cannot go to NRAM and let your voice be heard, uh, but to actually vote for the board of directors, you have to have had five contiguous years of NRA membership. So, again, because we could not police our own, now we have this liberal anti-gun nut that is the New York Attorney General is investigating the NRA and is 
she's they're gonna do her their fucking best to shut it down. They don't give a flying rat's ass, a flying fuck if the NRA is doing illegal shit. Their main goal is going to be to shut the NRA down any way means possible. If that means throwing some people in jail, if that means taking away their tax exempt status, if that means, you know, fucking freezing assets, which, you know, they've already tried to do uh, with insurance and shit like that 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 they've done, that's the way the the New York Attorney General is going to do it. Uh, the also the New York Attorney General has been threatening to investigate uh, the NRA for quite some time and calls the NRA a terrorist organization instead of a charitable one. So again, that just goes to show uh, the person that's going to be investigating the NRA. Uh, it also notes that Wayne LaPierre sued uh, Ackerman McQueen and North was paid millions by Ackerman McQueen. And again, like I said, you know, because of this. If you read the article, it's confusing as fuck because they kind of say what happened during the National Rifle Association uh, annual meeting. So who's the bad guy? Um, is it Ackerman McQueen? Is it Wayne LaPierre? Is it Oliver North? Uh, is it certain board of directors? Uh, you know, and, and something that I was being I thought was very telling is okay. So you have Ackerman McQueen, you know, paying you know millions to both Wayne LaPierre and to Oliver North. Um, did they see that a coup was going to happen this NRAM? Did they see this happening? So did they back both ponies and were they just waiting to see who won? You know, Akron McQueen has very deep fucking pockets and the NRA is their biggest cash cow that they probably have. Um, I would like to see, you know, their accounts and see who is the biggest moneymaker for Akron McQueen. But you have Akron McQueen. You know, back in both horses is what it looked like to me. So, is Akron McQueen playing both Oliver North against Wayne LaPierre and vice versa? Uh, you know, that's something I'd love to hear people's opinions on that are a little bit more in depth with the NRA than I am. Uh, but just as a spectator, you know, from the outside looking in, that's what it appeared to me when all this was going on. Um, and just as a little fucking sidebar, I thought this is hilarious that Oliver North, who made was made famous because he was involved in the Iron uh, Contra scandal. Um, anybody else think it was kind of funny that he was ousted because he was trying a coup in the NRA? I mean, can this guy not get his shit straight on trying to what you know fucking support the the Contras uh, and paying Iran and all that kind of shit? I thought that was a little funny. Uh, and then going back into that, you know, away from the sidebar, getting my fucking mind back on track. But, uh, you know, this is pretty interesting, pretty telling. Donald Trump himself tweeted April 29th that the NRA needs to get basically their shit together. Then he said needs to get it together, stop internal fighting, and get back to greatness fast. Uh, so, you know, that's... You have Donald Trump, who is just fucking there at NRAM. Uh, you know, he's supposedly some sort of great, you know, leader, art of the deal, all that kind of shit. Did he not see this going on when he was at NRAM? I mean, I'm sure he wasn't there for very long. Uh, but, you know, you had the NRA, you know, spend $30 million in the 2016 election to try and help get Trump elected because he was supposed to be the great savior of the Second Amendment and gun owners everywhere. Uh, did he not see this going on? Did he not try and. 
do anything beforehand to to stop this infighting? I mean, did he not see, you know, was nothing being, you know, fucking tweaking up in his brain saying, hey, you know, the NRA looks like they're in some deep shit right now with their finances and with everything else. Uh, did he just decided to just tweet this after he fucking, you know, watched the news about it? Um, it's just, I don't know, very, very, very fucking telling. Uh, and what happens if, you know, this doesn't continue? What, what, what happens if the NRA loses? What happens if they get closed down? What happens if they lose their tax exempt status and they go belly up because of financial problems? Um, if we don't help the NRA in trying to oust this leadership and trying to, uh, get the NRA back on track, folks, that is going to be an implosion of, uh, incredible, you know, incredible portions because yeah, I mean, I've listened to other content creators and other, uh, second amendment, uh, community advocates and shit like that. And I agree with a lot of them are saying, you know, yeah, the NRA is a membership organization. Uh, you know, the NRA is nothing without the members. Um, you know, personally, I'm a Christian and my mother, God bless her. She always says, you know, the church is not the pastor or the building, it's the people. And she wanted, always wanted a t-shirt that whenever she left the service, she'd say the church has left the building. Um, so the NRA is not Wayne LaPierre. It is not some building in Fairfax, Virginia. It's not Oliver North. Uh, it's none of those fucking things. It's the members. It's the people in the Second Amendment community, the gun enthusiasts that make the NRA what it is. And uh, because of shit that's gone on with the NRA, of course you have a lot of other Second Amendment organizations pop up. You have the Gun Owners of America, Firearms Policy Coalition, Firearms Policy Foundation, Second Amendment Foundation. You have all those. And probably I would say the biggest one that most people can think of uh, that is the closest to the NRA's uh, operations and what they do, of course, would be the Gun Owners of America. And, uh, you know, just to let you folks know, I'm, I'm a member of the NRA. I'm a member of my state uh, organization, Bama Carey. I'm a member of the Firearms Policy Coalition. Uh, so I'm a member of numerous gun rights organizations. And I think it's important to not just support one, but to support as many as you can. Um, so if the NRA does go belly up, I truly believe that one of those organizations is going to step up in its place. Uh, but of course, the NRA has the foundation and the structure in place already that we don't have to worry about trying to catch up because you have the Bloombergs, you have the Moms Demand Action, you have the Brady campaign that's been you know, huge juggernauts in politics already. They have the system in place and they do have the finances backing them uh, that can help chip away at our, our gun rights and uh, the freedoms that we enjoy. So, you know, I'm not trying to fear monger or any of that bullshit, but I'm just, you know, from what I'm seeing, I'm stating facts. Um, so that's what we have going on. You know, yeah, if the NRA goes belly up, it's not going to be the end of our Second Amendment rights. Uh, but you know, you could see some erosion, especially at the state levels, uh, is where I really see it. Um, because the three steps of Second Amendment, uh, you know, our Second Amendment rights and keeping them is uh, advocacy, lobbying, and litigation. Um, advocacy is where I believe the state organizations really come in. You have, uh, you know, a few times, um, 
and since I've been a Bama Carey member, they've had uh, rallies at the state capitol. And yeah, fucking Alabama, we don't have to worry about really losing our state rights, even though some fucking dickhead politician this year introduced a red flag law in our state legislation. But that shit's got a hell of a you know snowball's chance in hell of passing. Uh, and then, of course, I know there's the one next to us, George Carey's kind of the same thing. Those state organizations are great for grassroots programs and advocacy. Uh, there's a local Bamakari chapter that has a, a monthly meeting. Uh, and then, of course, there's lobbying, which is where I think the NRA is our biggest defender uh, of our Second Amendment rights, is making sure that these politicians vote the way they need to vote in reference to not allowing gun control legislation to pass. You know, magazine bans, uh, quote-unquote assault rifle bans, shit like that. And then, of course, you have litigation, which is, I think, where truly the other organizations fucking shine. Uh, The Firearms Policy Coalition, Firearms Policy Foundation, Gun Owners of America, those organizations shine in litigation, in my my point of view. Um, I truly believe that's where their roles are because, yes, the NRA does have some litigation, but uh, they are more of a, you know, nationally based organizations so they don't have the funds to fight gun control uh, legislation in litigating them you know, you know taking them to the, the courts to say that they're unconstitutional in every state where they do it but of course every you know the gun owners fire and policy coalition foundation all that shit uh, they have different areas where they're stronger than the other ones. So that's where they kind of fight those gun control laws. And that's where I think, um, you know, if the NRA does go belly up, that some those organizations are going to have to not be as great in the litigation that they are in, and they'll have to start taking over some of the, the uh, roles that the NRA has in the lobbying. Uh, so I think that's where... Oh, that's where shit needs, to, you know, we, we just need, we need them all. We just, we don't need to completely abandon one, uh, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to, to support them all. And uh, that, that's where I think, you know, that's almost where we're probably going to be in the next five years. If I truly believe that the NRA continues to do what they're doing is that we're going to have to uh, watch the NRA die and we're going to have to really start struggling to support one of these other organizations and uh i'm you know i'll let you know that i was planning on letting my gun owners of america uh, membership lapse whenever that fucking uh oh i don't remember the fucking guy's name but borat you know he fucking tricked the gun owners of america president and had that fucking stupid gun that looked like a bunny on that uh show of his on showtime whatever it was I was thinking there's no fucking way I'm going to support an organization that has a president that's this fucking dumb. Uh, but, you know, since the shit that's going on with the NRA, I went ahead and renewed my Gun Owners of America membership. Actually, uh, you know, just renewed my Firearms Policy uh, Coalition membership uh, this past week. I uh, went ahead and also bought a T-shirt from Cal Guns. Uh, you know, part of the the don't you know the profits from the T-shirt goes to support them. So I mean, even though I don't even live in California, especially after Freedom Week, where Californians were able to buy magazines that were not restricted to fucking ten rounds. Um, you know, it's important that we support everybody, all the gun owners across the country. Uh, so that's something that's very important. And something else that I will say that I have talked to other. Uh, Content creators, uh, Second Amendment advocates, personalities, shit like that. I have talked to them in reference to NRAM this past 
uh, weekend. And I will say that I think we have come together and we are going to do something. And we are going to have a grassroots movement at the next National Rifle Association meeting. And if you go to our social media page, you will see uh, a somewhat lengthy post, uh, but this is the best way I can describe it. Um, and April 17th through the 19th of 2020 in Nashville, Tennessee, that is when the next NRAM is. And I put it out to every person, even if you don't fucking like the NRA, join for one goddamn year. That's all you have to do is join for one motherfucking year. So that way, because that's the price of admission to get into NRAM, is you have to be an NRA member. So spend your 35 fucking dollars for one year. Join the NRA so you can go to NRAM and show up to NRAM April 17th through the 19th in Nashville, Tennessee. And we need to show Wayne LaPierre, the board of directors, and Ackerman McQueen who really runs this Second Amendment and gun community that we so love and enjoy and that are part of. We need to show them that, yes, we let y'all get a little too powerful because we might have been a little afraid during the Obama years that they might fucking take our guns and we were scared of high ammo prices and shit like that. And we were scared during the 2016 election that Hillary Clinton might get elected. And there was fucking AR-15s and AK-47s and all kinds of shit flying off the shelves. You couldn't get, you know, for decent fucking prices. But we need to show them that the power that they took can also be taken away from them by the power of the pen and voting these motherfuckers out. We need to show them our opinions and show them that they are not unimposed. That they will be answered to to members of the gun community. Whether you think that you are an area member or not, like I said, spend $35 fucking dollars for one-year membership is all you got to do. And if you spend it now, it'll be good for whenever the NRAM is in Nashville next year, April 17th to the 19th. And we are going to show up to the NRAM in 2020. And I'm going to fucking remind you fuckers on social media and on this podcast every other week, that I'm going to post this every month. So right now we have 11 months to count down until NRAM next year. And I will make sure that this audience and that you listeners that will know that NRAM is where you need to show up in Nashville next year. You To show Wayne LaPierre and Akram McQueen and the board of directors that we do not appreciate and we do not like and we think they're doing a shitty job with their service. And that it's time for them to step down. That my generation, a young generation of shooters, have been forgotten enough that we will no longer stand to have them use the NRA as an organization to siphon money away from the members and from the dues that they give, that they are given. That this is no longer tolerated. That it is time to bring fresh blood into the NRA, into the board of directors. And that great leaders that we know we have out there, like Adam Kraut, Timothy Knight, there are great leaders in the Second Amendment community out there. That they're the people that represent the gun community. That our gun rights do not stop at their fucking hunting shotguns and hunting rifles or their 1911s or whatever fucking guns that they think. But it also extends to what we 
use in the firearms world to include fucking bump stocks, high-capacity magazines, quote-unquote assault rifles, which are just basically modern sporting rifles, that this is the end of their reign. This is the end of their power. And I task every single person within the sound of my voice to show up April 17th through the 19th in Nashville, Tennessee at NRAM 2020 to vote out the Wayne LaPierre scum that have taken over the NRA so that way we can bring the NRA back on track and we as the Second Amendment community will have full power over our own destiny and that we will show that the gun control liberals and and nuts and those that wish to chip away at our freedoms that our children and that we so love desire that we want to pass down to our children that we are a united front and that we will no longer tolerate and that we can police our own and folks that is going to be the end of this segment and i'm again i'm going to make sure that you fuckers are reminded every time i come on this podcast that april 17th through the 19th in 2020 in nashville tennessee is the next nram and we will show up in force a grassroots movement to vote out the wayne lapierre scum that has taken over the nra All right, folks, and we're back with the gear review. I mean, I had to fucking take a break from that last one because I got fucking worked the fuck up because I'm telling you, this is some shit I'm passionate about. And uh, I hope you continue to see my passion in this because this is not the end of it and we will continue on. Uh, but we're going to go into the some gear review uh, segment and some news that's come out in the firearms industry. Something that I think, something that was uh, pretty cool that's come out and that I think you is definitely, especially uh, civilians in the market, because as a law enforcement officer, I'm able to get certain things that y'all can't, uh, like ammo and shit, and that's where this is going to. Uh, Spear Ammo has brought the Gold Dot G2 to consumer market, and I think this is awesome, because I think fucking civilians should get whatever is available out there for law enforcement military. Um and for example, like critical duty and this G2 for a long time uh, was only available to law enforcement. And I think it is great self-defense ammo. Uh, the FBI themselves, you know, when they really switched from 40 to nine a couple years back, they uh, had a great, te- a fucking humongous test done on ammo, and you know, tried to sway the bigwigs up there, FBI and Quantico, that the FBI needs to switch from the 40 to the 9 millimeter, and two ammunitions, uh, two am- ammo brands scored the highest uh, in penetration, cavity, ex- penetration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and Hornady Critical Duty was one of them, and the uh, Spear uh, G2 Gold Dot was the second best. You know, ammo is there uh, in your self-defense firearm to help save your life. And if that's the case, if it's going to help save the life of a law enforcement officer, I think it should be there to help save the life of a citizen that might be in a self-defense shooting. Uh, So that is now on the civilian market, and I think that is a great fucking thing. It is a great thing out there for people uh, that are using the Second Amendment to help defend their lives and concealed carry protection. Another thing that's come out 
is the fucking Matt Black Marlin Dark Series. Uh, it's basically a lever gun that has a Picatinny rail with a paracord fucking sling and paracord wrapped around the lever of the gun. It looks kind of cool if you're into Red, Red, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 and shit like that, uh, but I think it's kind of fucking stupid. Um, There's a lot of things that came out at uh, NRAM this past weekend that I thought is pretty cool. A lot of people don't give, you know, when they think of firearms, you know, innovation, they don't think of Ruger. But uh, Ruger came out with their little 22 revolver thing that they came out with. Uh, that's 250 bucks. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I got an eight-year-old that's getting into shooting. That's a perfect gun for him. Uh, he more likes uh, his real favorite gun right now is the Smith and Wesson Compact 22. Uh, but you know this will be a, it's a good gun to get kids into shooting, uh, and also uh, Ruger came out with the fucking uh, carbine uh, with the the M lock rail on it, uh, which is good because I know in some of my USPSA shooting during PCC division, I actually had one guy shoot the Ruger carbine uh, that takes you know the Glock mags, and he liked it a lot. He liked it a lot better. You know I got a Killtech sub two thousand. He was shooting that for a little bit in PCC, and then he switched to the Ruger. Uh, their carbine uh and he liked it a lot and so i think it's great that ruger keeps coming out with with uh, new shit um like i said a lot of people when they think of farms manufacturing innovation they don't think of ruger uh but i think you know fucking kudos to them we need to give them the props that they deserve uh something that in the gear review that i personally don't own but i have played with several times uh, doing range days and uh, going to my favorite local gun store is the Triumph Systems Pivotal Training Turning Target Shooter. Uh, and this is really fucking cool. Uh, on their website, they have it for 380 uh, I also looked on Amazon. They have it for like around like 230 That's just the motor and the remote. Um, and basically what it is is you can use this on any 2x2s or 2x4s that you might have. Uh, you can build the stand yourself, and what it is, it's a little motor, and it's uh, got a little remote on it, uh, just like a shot timer, and on the motor, it's actually got a big, thick steel plate protecting the motor, so if you're fucking a bad shot, or you got a dickhead friend that's a horrible shot, and he's shooting you with this with you, um, if he hits that, it's the steel plate is going to protect the motor itself, uh, and on the little remote... You can do manual turning, you can set it up for time turning, you can set it up for uh, random because it can swap from back to front, so you can have two different targets. The one I saw has a, a guy holding a gun on one side, on the other side it has a guy holding a camera phone and he's trying to record you and shit. Uh, it works up to 25 yards away, and again, I... Th think this is a pretty cool fucking system if you got a little bit of land or and it's honestly not that big if you do your own target stand that you could take this to the range yourself um and do some pretty good fucking training with it and uh you know it, it's something great i think as firearms owners we need to obviously be proficient with the tools that we use especially if you plan on using that tool to defend your life one day possibly take someone else's life um, it's very important that you are proficient enough to use that to where you know you aren't you know you're trying to shoot the bad guy but you end up shooting the fucking old lady carrying her groceries uh, you know behind him 20 yards away or some shit like that you're responsible for every round that comes out of your gun uh, so this is a, it's an awesome tool again I've I played with it um, you know it's 
completely cordless, so you don't have to have it plugged in anywhere. Uh, you know, it uses AA batteries, uh, four AA batteries in both, I think, the remote and the motor. Uh, so it's not like you have to have it plugged into something if you take it out to the range. Or if you, you know, live out in the stick somewhere, you can have this in the backyard. It's something that you can easily pick up and move uh, out into the backyard if you want to do some training. Uh, and if you, when you're done, you can either load it up into your car or truck when you leave the range. Or you can load that bitch up into the garage whenever you're done at the house. Uh, it's something that's pretty cool. And for the uh, one I saw on Amazon for like $200, $240, somewhere around there, uh, you know, it, it's a great uh, tool to train. And also, it's uh, fucking cool. When I was looking on Amazon, some people was posting some reviews. Uh, they also use it for dry, uh, you know, dry fire practice. They hang these fucking things up in their doorway. Uh, so that's pretty fucking cool. Um, so that's something I think that's it's a pretty cool tool. Uh, again, it's called the Triumph Systems Pivotal Trainer, Trainer Turning Target Shooter Edition. Uh, the Triumph Systems Pivotal Trainer Turning Target Shooter Edition. Say that fucking five times fast. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Take a look at it. You can look them up on Amazon. They got some videos on their website of how they assemble it. You know how easy it is put together. Of some people training with it, shit like that. So. Uh, that is going to be our gear chat and review and the farms news that we have. Let's go on into the fucking culture segment. Uh, we're going to go into our culture segment, and like I said, we have both uh, a movie that we're going to talk about, some cool-ass guns that were in it, we're also going to talk about a book. We're going to really get fucking sophisticated, uh, but we're going to start with the movie off first, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's pretty. It's it's a good movie. Uh, it was good back in the day when there wasn't a whole lot of cool, high-speed, uh, realistic military action movies, I guess you could say, uh, but we're going to be talking about Tears of the Sun. <clears throat> If you haven't seen Tears of the Sun, basically it's got Bruce Willis, uh, and what he is is he's a lieutenant for a Navy SEALs team that's supposed to go into Nigeria to save some foreign nationals uh, from being abducted by local warlords. And so the whole you know crux of the, the movie is how they escape these warlords in the African jungle uh, and shit like that. First off, when we go into IMFDB, which is of course where we're going to be getting the most of our sources and materials from, uh, is the something I didn't even notice uh, is they had the HK MK23, which is the long slide 45 auto handgun back in the day. And uh, basically, a fuck ton of people in the in the uh, movie had this. You had uh, Bruce Willis's uh, character had this, uh, and you also had which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, you had one with a real knight's armament suppressor uh, attached to it. You know that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, and then of course, and this is what I was thinking. You know, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the movie, but you know, thinking you know, new Navy SEALs kind of takes place in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, you know, you had some of them using the Sig Sauer P226, uh, uh, which is you know kind of what I was think of, at least you know 
Navy-wise anyway, when you're thinking about guns and shit, because I know there were some 226s like roaming around. Uh, and then you had, some, of course, some of the shit that the bad guys had. Now, this is something kind of cool that I did not realize, but uh, in the extended director's cut, Lieutenant Waters leaves the priests running the hospital, a Walther PPKS, telling him to use it on yourself instead of being captured by the rebels. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't see that, but you know, going through the IMFDB, that's what they had. That's you know something kind of cool. And then, of course, uh, the majority of the Navy SEALs had M4A1s. You know, this is before uh, the HKs started coming in and taking over the SEALs. Uh, you had, of course, one uh, designated marksman or sniper uh, in their little fucking outfit. He uses the Springfield M1A. Uh, it's pretty badass. He's got it, you know, marked up. Then, of course, you had all the fucking African warlords and bad dudes. You know, you got the AKMs, the AK-47s, uh, AKMSUs with the folding stock, uh, little... Uh, shorty versions and then uh, towards the end uh, you had some of the guys uh, on the military base where they were finally rescued you had the M16A2s and then of course you had some of the African uh, local good guys supposedly have FNFALs uh, and even one guy was carrying a Carabiner 98K uh, old World War II vintage and you had another one carrying an SKS. Uh, it's pretty cool shit. And then uh, one guy in the Navy SEALs team carried the 249. Yet another one had the M60, uh, basically 240. Uh, and then uh, something that was pretty cool that ended up going into it. Uh, you had one of the bad dudes in the African Warlords carrying a dashik. Uh, you know, the heavy machine gun. A dishk. So... Uh, and then another bad dude towards the end was carrying an RPD light machine gun. And then you had, of course, one Remington 870, some Uzis, shit like that. And then, of course, law, the law uh, light assault weapon or light anti-tank weapon. Uh, so you had that shit in there. But that's going to be the culture segment for the movie. But now let's go on into a book. Uh, like I said, we're a little fucking sophisticated here. This is an old book I read a long time ago. Um, I'm actually a part of a uh, gun enthusiast-oriented uh, book club, and uh, I keep recommending this book, but I'm just going to recommend it to y'all uh, because it hasn't been picked yet. I think it's pretty good. Uh, this book is actually by James Wesley Rawls, and if you are any up into like survivalist or any shit like that, that name sounds familiar to you. He uh, does some shit in the survivalist community. But um, you have this book called Patriots, a novel of survival in the coming collapse. Uh, this book is a, basically about a, a group of Christian survivalists because James Wesley Walls is a huge born-again you know, Christian evangelist and stuff like that. Uh, and basically how there is an economic collapse in America and basically this group of survivalists have to uh, get together in their mutually associated group, I think is what they're called in the survivalist community, and they rely on each other. Now, in this book, there's a lot of you know detailed gun uh, descriptions, models, makes, shit like that. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. It was a good book. It kept my interest. Uh, something, you know, I think that if you're a gun enthusiast, you'll like it. Uh, of course, it was wrote in 2009, so it was during the beginning of the Obama era, and we had a fuck ton of these people writing these books. Some of them were good. Some were bad. This is, I think, one of the pretty good ones. Uh, kept me very thoroughly entertained. Um, 
not going to get too much into it with you, uh, but if you want to talk about it, hit me up on social media. We'll have like a little fucking book discussion. Why the fuck not? Um, but it's a good book. It's a lot of detailed firearms descriptions and shit in there that I think that if you're a gun nut like me that you'll just be happy and enjoyed with that. Uh, and it's a pretty good little story. Uh, again, it is a little bit on the Christian side. You know, I'm a Christian myself, but I don't try and, and shove it and being a Bible thumper on some people. So if you're a hardcore atheist, yeah, you might want to skip over this one or whatnot, you know, whatever the fuck. But, um, yeah, it's a good book. Uh, again, it's called Patriots, a novel of survival and the coming collapse. It's by James Wesley Rawls. It's 384 pages, so it's a little thick uh, if it takes you a while to read. Um, but again, uh, yeah, it's the, the book portion of this culture segment, and I greatly appreciate you listening to it. Let's start wrapping this bitch on up. Well, folks, that is going to be the end of our fourth episode. I greatly appreciate you coming in, listening to us, uh, giving us a listen, and uh, you know, sticking around. If this is your first episode, I appreciate you listening. Go back and listen to our three other more. Uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of, of a podcast, and I got a fan of them when they were like 178 episodes in, and now I'm kind of just going back when I have some free time and and going back and listening to some of their old shit to see how they evolved to see. You know, hey, I'm starting this podcast too. What kind of shit did they go through when they started their podcast? Kind of thing. But we're only four episodes in, so if you end up liking this, you don't have to go that far back. So go ahead and listen to some of our older episodes. Tell us what you think. Tell us how we're doing. And excuse me for some of the fuck-ups on the bumper music, because I think I have fucked that up uh, when I've gone back and listened to them and shit. But, uh... Yeah, so anyway, this is going to be the uh, fourth episode. I appreciate you guys listening. Go over to our social media. Give us a like and a follow. Uh, you know, we have the swag giving away going on. That's a, a cool thing we have going on. Uh, so you get a chance, if you like our page, to get some free shit. Uh, when we get to 100 likes and get 10 reviews, uh, we're going to give that shit away. And... Uh, also, again, I'm going to harp on this, folks. In April 17th through the 19th of 2020 in Nashville, Tennessee, they're going to have the next National Rifle Association annual meeting. Spend yourself $35, get you an NRA membership so you can go to the NRAM. Uh, and let's show that place out. Let's show them that the members are going to take back the organization that Wayne LaPierre, the board of directors, Ackerman McQueen, they don't represent gun owners uh, of America, uh, not the fucking organization, but basically just a second amendment enthusiast, uh, people that love our freedoms, uh, that like our guns, that we want to police our own, take the NRA back and show them that they do not represent uh, who we are and that the, generation that has screwed up the NRA is about to be replaced by the new generation. And I appreciate you folks uh, for go ahead and marking that shit in your calendars now. Go ahead and start remembering it because it's a year away. we got 11 months. Uh, it's plenty enough fucking time to plan ahead. 
you know uh so just show on up and again give us a like and subscribe leave us a review on whatever you're listening to on this podcast we're on itunes spotify stitcher google play all that good shit and join us in two weeks and we'll see what we have for you then appreciate you listening bye could be worse ain't that bad at least i ain't sitting no back there in the middle of the hot death sitting in a tank well, the time my wife talks, so baby gets mentioned I'm so broke, I can't pay attention to Lord, how it tears me up to have to see her cry Oh, I've been spending all my nights on the internet Looking for a clue, but ain't found one yet Just a bunch of more pawns, guitars, and other shit I can't find Oh, now, Lord, if you can me, why don't you throw a damn dog upon if a devil shows up with a debtor deal, this whole soul's golden now. Oh, I sing them real pretty, sing them real sad, and all the people in the crowd say, ain't that bad. Well, now, call me King Turtle, here from Shit Mountain, if you wanted to, you can have a crown. Well,